Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, and welcome to episode 142. Hello. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Texas Pet Sitters Association and Pet Sitters Associates for sponsoring this episode. And thank you also to our patron members. If you would like to learn more about supporting us each month with the price of a cup of coffee, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support. In case you're just joining in for the first time, or maybe you missed last week's episode, on Wednesday, we got to interview Claire Harris, owner of Pets to Places, and we got to talk all about what it means to run an effective and an efficient pet taxi service. I love the discussion around the importance of customer service, and then we finished about talking about franchising and whether it's right for everybody and what that process looks like for for her. So that was episode 141, and you can go back and listen to that at any time. Today, though, we are going to be talking about boundaries. This all started because there is a new social app called Clubhouse. Yeah. (laughs) If you haven't heard of it, it's an audio-only platform. So people can go in and create, quote, rooms and connect with others who have similar interests to yours. There's only about a million people on the platform right now, but that only a million. Well, <laughs> but that is rapidly growing each day. And right now it's invite only, so kind of how Facebook started out in 2005 of you had to invite people for them to join. And Clubhouse is still in the beta version right now, but as soon as Colin and I got on, we were instantly overwhelmed. It's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not a complicated platform really. It but it's yet another platform, another social platform. I think there were just a few things that stuck out immediately to us as we got on. And the first one is that anyone can ping you to join a group at any time. This is if you have the notifications turned on, but any of your friends can if they're connected with you if they join a group and they're they're enjoying the conversation they can send an invite to you to join that it's all voice as megan mentioned which means there's no text no comments no recording at all so whatever happens happens whether you're there for it or not so not only does it interrupt your day to let you know people are talking but if you don't join and stay on for the entire conversation you'll start to think that you're missing something or There is a group that sounds good, like building community for your business or something related to pet sitting or pets or something, but you're in the middle of working on tax preparation or putting the kids to sleep or walking a dog and you miss it. Well, you missed it. It all happens in real time and it is not recorded. Obviously, you can turn off notifications to the app and it's not all bad. There have been some amazing conversations going on and some a lot of great networking. They're just, again, as with all things, these pros and cons that go along with it. It gave us a lot of anxiety, though. I think, especially me. I mean, the the FOMO factor is real. (laughs) Fear of missing out, if you don't know what FOMO is. (laughs) You know, with kids and the dogs in the house and multiple jobs at all hours of the day, it's very rare when we have a quiet moment to not only listen, but engage in a conversation. And you couple that with maybe the room that you want to go in conflicts with another meeting that you have or another priority you have in your life. Right. Well, and as podcasters, we love that you can listen to these episodes or any other podcast whenever you want on your time. You can pause, you can replay at your leisure. 
Clubhouse takes instant gratification to a whole other level, which got us talking about how you leverage a platform like that for good and not for evil. As with any social media platform, it's so easy to get on there on Clubhouse or Facebook or Instagram and scroll mindlessly for hours. We've done it, and I'm sure you have too. But we need to start setting boundaries because when it comes to social media, you use it or it uses you. Really. The world is full of distractions and things vying for your attention. People, things, dogs, everything is vying for your attention. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to set boundaries, not only personally, but within your business. However, it really is crucial. Which got us thinking about all of the demands on our time and our attention in both life and in our businesses and how it's it's really getting worse. And so this conversation around boundaries comes down to a couple things and one of the first things we wanted to address is what do what do you, what do we mean when we are talking about boundaries there are two main types external and internal so first external boundaries that you have to deal with there are behaviors materials social and physical so behaviors the behavior boundaries define what you will and will not do in terms of actions so it could be eating or shopping working long hours or not working long hours, <laughs> um, and then materials. So the material boundaries define needs in terms of places and things and property. So the clothes that you wear, the car that you drive, the money that you spend, things that you buy for your business. Those are the material boundaries that you deal with. Then there are those social boundaries, and these are related to the social rules, the societal norms, things that we all experience like Everybody tends to have some certain family rules that we all follow. Like anytime we were going over to my dad's, you take off your shoes before you enter the house. Societal laws, work codes of conduct, friendship understandings, or other cultural customs. And then the last external boundary that we can categorize here is about the physical. So physical and spatial boundaries related to my personal space. So privacy and body. So things like hugging, touching. Pushing. We've heard that phrase, invading somebody's personal space. That's a boundary that we need to help set up, not just in our lives, but respect in others as well. And then on the other side, you have internal boundaries, which are emotional, spiritual, and mental. So the emotional side, you can guess, it deals with feelings. So anger, love, happiness, all of the feelings that we feel are emotional boundaries. And then spiritual so if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God or a higher power, any religious or spiritual custom that you have falls into this category. And the last one is mental. So mental boundaries, your thoughts, your beliefs, your values, things. There, I mean, there's a lot to consider here as far as mental because there's your ideas, your opinions, your choices, things you do, things you don't do, and expectations and decisions that you make every single day. And for each of those categories that we just talked about there, it's at each one of those, you're deciding on things that you will do and also things that you will not do. Because ultimately, boundaries, when we are setting up our boundaries, they control access. The boundaries control access to our time and attention. So don't let anyone else dictate your time. You dictate your time and attention. And as entrepreneurs, we don't answer to somebody else. We answer to ourselves. So we get to dictate how we spend our time. We get to dictate how we run our businesses. And that's the ultimate freedom here is we get to decide 
what we do, when we do it, how we do it. Not everyone needs or deserves access to you. And that one, that's really, really difficult, I think, from just, I know, just speaking from me at a personal level, is I love giving people access. But it's important for me to understand that not everybody needs that access to me on on any of those boundaries that we just walked through. And it's actually important that I specifically restrict certain people to those boundaries, specifically making the difference differentiation between clients and friends. Not everybody in my life needs to be a friend. It's okay to treat people some as clients, some as friends, and making that boundary, that distinction really clear. Well, and a lot of people talk about Facebook friends. So whether right. to have your clients as <laughs> Facebook friends, some people say yes, some people say no. I think the majority of people probably say no, just because as the political world is getting more and more heated every day and think people are just disagreeing and going crazy, it's just best to have those clearly defined lines of you're a client of mine and you need to stay as, as such, such and not not necessarily a friend. Right. Absolutely. Now's probably a really good time to tell you about our first sponsor, Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to take care of their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or just want to take your passion for pets and turn it into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetSitLLC.com. By setting boundaries, we are protecting ourselves from outside influences that we don't necessarily want or need. When we allow outside forces to influence us, we are no longer in control of our own life and business. So why are setting boundaries in pet care so hard? There's a lot of reasons for this. (laughs) So obviously, we are a service-based industry. We serve others. We are constantly give, give, giving of ourselves to others. And we enjoy doing that. That's, you know, we enjoy taking care of the pets. We enjoy, some of us enjoy the customer service aspect of it. But we are always giving to others. And additionally, there is a the stress of perception of competition. So we don't ever want to miss a client or opportunity to earn someone's business. We want our clients to come back, which can lead us to allowing clients to sometimes run over us. We act like a doormat. We say yes, and we kind of bow at their their whim and fancy because <laughs> because we want them to come back. We we appreciate their pets, we love on their pets and we want them as repeat clients. Right. I mean, just think about us how several years ago we would get a client and we'd, at the end of each one we would sit there and go, "Okay, would we book this one again?" Many times we'd say, "No, this one is absolutely not. We're never booking this one again." And then Next time comes around, we're feeling guilty, we're feeling bad, you know, we we want the business, so we say yes to them, and we immediately regret it, because we didn't want them to to book again, but we said yes, because we felt like we needed the business. We were stressed about losing them and wanted them to come back and continue to use us. Well, and that's not to say that now we're perfect and we... Say no. <laughs> say no to all the clients we don't want all the time. Right, you know, absolutely. We, we still struggle with this a little bit. 
It also, though, doesn't help that the perception of pet sitting and dog walking is that it's not a legitimate business. I'm sure you guys have experienced this as well. You have a a family or a friend that, you know, you you say, I am a dog walker or I am a pet sitter. And they go, so what's your actual job? (laughs) What do you actually do? I'm like, no, I am a pet sitter. I make a full-time, I I am full-time. I make a good income as a pet sitter. Yeah. And just today we were talking with family about a seven figure pet sitting business and they didn't believe us. They didn't believe that was actually possible. (laughs) They they flat out just gave us those stares like you're actually you're joking, right? (laughs) Yeah. So people take advantage of us in this business because they don't see us as legitimate. And sometimes it's true. We doubt ourselves. We don't value ourselves as pet sitters or see ourselves as legitimate. So then we don't set the boundaries that we need. So when's the best time for us to set boundaries? Well, obviously now or yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as possible. Don't wait until there is a problem. Right. And there are a few reasons why boundaries, both personal and business boundaries, are so good for our business. The first one here is that it gives you good mental health. You stop having to mentally juggle a ton of unhealthy relationships with clients, the toxic ones. You stop having to worry about whether they're going to contact you or not, or what kind of complaint they're going to have. You know, It frees you up mentally to invest in yourself and in other places where you actually want to be. It also helps improve your emotional health. Again, you're cutting through the highs and lows of this emotionally intense job already, and then adding into that the emotions that run high whenever you have a client or whenever you have these unhealthy boundaries. It also helps us avoid burnout, which ultimately is what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to avoid burning out in this job because we so love it and we're so passionate about it. You stop overexerting yourself needlessly and always giving, giving, giving of yourself by putting up these appropriate boundaries so that there's more of you at the end of the day for yourself and the other things that you want to be doing. Setting boundaries is also a great way to have a positive influence on others. So you may not realize this, but people do see you and notice you in the world. You learning to respect yourself will set the stage for others to respect you as well. You can't possibly expect others to respect your boundaries if you don't first respect them yourself. And then it helps in clarity and decision-making. So having clearly lined out your boundaries makes hard decisions a little bit easier. So letting go of a client, even though they're really bad for you. We just talked about that. And, but you like them personally. They yeah. become like your friend right. <laughs> almost. But it makes those decisions easier if you have clear boundaries in your contract. The decision has basically been made for you. If you have a client who is not respecting your pickup and drop-off times or your key policy, then you can point to your contract and tell them you have to let them go. It just makes it a lot easier. It's also interesting is that when we get these boundaries set up in our lives, we gain a little bit more autonomy because we're not dependent on others for validation. And it allows us to know that we can stand firm in our own decisions because we know who we are. And that actually goes into this last point here of it develops our identities, that we know who we are because we've defined what we will or what we will not do in our lives in all of these different areas. When we can stand up on our own, confident in ourselves and the decisions, and we know why we're making those decisions because we have the line clearly in the sand about what we will do 
in our spiritual life, what we will do in our mental boundaries, what we will do in our social and our physical boundaries. When we know those, we learn more about ourselves. We become more self-aware in how we fit into the world around us and how we have agency over our own actions in our business and in our personal life. So that's the why. How do we actually do that? How do we actually set up boundaries for our business success and personal life? Well, it's deceptively simple, I feel like. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. It's it's the simple ones that are the hardest. Kind of break this down into four-ish steps. So you have to establish them, which is what we've been talking about here. Decide what you want your boundaries to be. And this should be relatively simple since you're the one running your own business. You get to decide what you will or you will not do in these different categories that we've been discussing. You then have to state them. You then have to declare them, basically, which is important because you are telling others about them. As as we've mentioned, you are telling your clients in the contracts. You're putting them on your standard operating procedures. You're also telling friends, family. You're telling coworkers. You're telling staff members what these boundaries are. And then we are committing and we are persevering. This is the really hard part. This is where we all fall down sometimes. This is um, where having support comes into play, knowing that changing can be hard. But give yourself three months to make it work and keep trying. And then finally, this last step is really, really essential in actually setting these boundaries and making them real, is asserting your rights. Remind others of these boundaries and remind them often. If you're talking about clients here, have them sign a contract every year just as a yearly thing. Being a new client, being an existing client, the contract is going to be need to sign every year to remind you of what the boundaries are and what the expectations are. It's crucial to also know your priorities as well and rank them. So this includes even which services you offer. So for instance, we offer five services. We offer house sitting, daycare, dog walks, drop-ins, and boarding. So while we offer those five services, we currently primarily provide two of them, daycare and boarding. But we really want to start pushing the other two dog walks and drop-ins and then a little bit of house sitting as well. So knowing our priorities of wanting to knowing knowing the services we offer now, knowing the services that we have the most clients in right now, but also knowing where we want to be going helps us position ourselves for where we want to be going. So for instance, we want to be doing more dog walks and drop-ins. So we have put those things higher on our website than the other services. So once you know where you are going, you can start saying yes or no to the appropriate things. So we want to push more of the services that we want, and we'll start saying no to the services that we don't necessarily want to provide anymore. So if everything is always the most important, how will you ever make a decision? If you always make, this is just an example, but if you always make all of your services the highest priority how will you ever know which ones you want to push more than the other ones? And I think I really suffer from this. <laughs> so I, I always think that everything is the most important and everything has to get done yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do this thing where we'd come up with a task that we would need to get done and we'd ask each other, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how important is it to you that this gets done? And Megan was always a 10. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again here, 
as a business owner, we, you get to decide what criteria makes them number one, two, three, four, et cetera. That is all you. And that should be very freeing and extremely empowering, if not a little scary sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say a little scary. Right. It can be a little overwhelming. Because we don't want to fail. We don't want to fail. We don't want to rank them incorrectly. We don't want to be moving in the wrong direction. But on the other hand, again, setting boundaries is all about giving you back control, resting control from people, from places, from things, from social media, from events, from other things in the surrounding world, resting control from that and bringing it back to you. That's all that boundaries are doing. So you get to decide that. You get to decide how you want to be spending your time and what those boundaries are. It does take time to figure this part out, and that's fine. Um, and it, it takes time because a lot of times we haven't even thought about how we would rank these. We maybe have never put thought into what are my priorities for my business? I've looked at my numbers. I know what I like doing, but what should or shouldn't be a priority? It may also take time because you're trying to change the direction that you're wanting to go, setting up new boundaries, new goals, new objectives for your business. And you're trying to adapt and change those over time as things are changing around you. So give yourself time, allow yourself to have time to think about the criteria that go into ranking the priorities for your business. So we know how to set boundaries and why we should be setting them, but enforcing them is really the key to all of this. Safeguard your time and spaces. Get support. Have a an accountability buddy. If you know a fellow dog walker in your town or a neighboring town or even, you know, anywhere, <laughs> then let them know what you want for your business. Have them hold you accountable and vice versa if they are willing. Have them hold you accountable to what you have set so that you can succeed. And I would say one of the best ways to enforce them is to not have to enforce them at all and put them in your SOPs and put them in your contract so that you are not having to remind others or you're not having to remind yourself of what they are. They're in black and white. They've been signed and dated. And you just have to put those in front of somebody else and not have to reinvent the wheel every single time. But also know that and we've experienced this. Basically, whenever you send a client a contract, nine times out of 10, they're not going to read it. Right. So, <laughs> so maybe put some things in bold or if they just don't read it, you know, you'll have to reference the, the paragraph number when something comes up that it, you need to remind them about. But again, that's the important part. There's something to reference. There's something to offload the burden of having to remind somebody because it's already there. And you just have to copy and paste it and send it over. With that, though, know that you can't do all the things. <laughs> no one can by themselves. Right. So even the best plumber in the world may not be able to fix a car. It's kind of an extreme example, but no one knows everything about everything. There are only so many hours in the day to learn things and to do things and to figure things out for yourself. And even the biggest names out there, even the CEO of major corporations have only 24 hours in the day. Everybody gets the same amount of time every single day. So learn to say no when you feel overloaded or on, are just on the brink of being hashtag done. <laughs> <laughs> to me, saying no is the biggest and best boundary that we can set up in our lives. That is the one tool that we have that we have complete and total agency over to start setting those boundaries of what we're willing to, to do and what we're not willing to do. Empower yourself to say no more often and more frequently than you feel comfortable doing. 
by saying no, we are making the, again those hard lines in the sand. We are putting and we are communicating to others around us about what those boundaries are. And uh, by saying no, you are giving yourself the ability and more freedom to say yes to things that you want to be doing. If you'd like to learn more about saying no, we actually did this as part of an episode back in episode 90. And we will have that link in the show notes. Okay, so we've covered the basics of setting boundaries, but what does it look like specifically in the pet care industry? So we talk about this a lot, but having office hours and not only having them, but sticking to them. And I am preaching to the choir right now (laughs) 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 because it's something that Colin is really still trying to work with me on. I don't see a a real need for office hours because I'm basically on my phone all the time, which is incredibly unhealthy. And I understand that. So I know that we need to get better at having and sticking to office hours and make, make your office hours known. So we have them on our website. We have them on our social media. Just make them known. Tell your clients, I'm only available to respond to requests and to book within these hours. So have them in your email signature everywhere. So even if you're taking a vacation, have them have that known on your social media. And so part of setting boundaries is taking a vacation, even if it's a staycation, even if it's just blocking off time where you are not going to have any clients for a day or two. You need to do that to prevent burnout in this industry. Well, and this just came up recently. This past weekend, we were trying to get away just as a family for a little bit, and we blocked off the time. We had it all lined out. And then, as it invariably happens, one of our really favorite and best clients reached out to us and said, I need you for these days. And it just happened to overlap when we were expecting to be gone. Well, and, and we were very tempted to not take the vacation. For, for a hot minute, we were sitting there going, oh, maybe we say no to this or, or maybe, you know, we we split and some of us are gone one day and, and one, the other person comes and catches up with us the next day. And it was like, no, no, no. We set this time up, uh, uh, apart. We need to stick to this. We need to go ahead and say, no, like this is something we are committed to. So we said no to them. That was something that helped us reaffirm that boundary that we were trying to, trying to set. Well, and it also helps to let your clients know well in advance of you doing a vacation. Some sitters let the clients pick their backup sitter, but other others go through the process of getting them a backup sitter themselves. We have a couple on hand that we refer to when we are not able to be a sitter. Another tool that you can use here is something called schedule boundaries. So this is whenever you go into your calendar of choice, whether that's a paper and pencil or that's digitally on your phone, but you go in and you physically block off time on your schedule. You put everything on there, everything that you're going to be doing every single day throughout the week. And this, you know, you start off by putting everything on there to show yourself where your time is going and what you're doing. This is things like not just putting when you're doing the drop-in visit, but show the drive time to and from that. Show the lunch that you're doing. Show the time that you're doing emails. Show the time that you're having office hours. Show all of that on there so that you have a physical display of where your time boundaries are, where you can and where you cannot start something. This helps you prevent from overbooking or overcommitting to things because it actually shows you truly where your time is going and what you're investing in. Well, and it's also, if you look at it and it is so crunched by the minute, I think I, I <laughs> Gary V referenced one time that he's got his schedule down to every five minutes. See, and, G- Gary V does it. Right. See? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and so if you if you look at it and it's blocked off by every 15 minutes or whatever, and you look at that and you go, oh my gosh, I cannot handle this. This is why I'm not happy in my business. This is why I feel burned out. Right. This is why I can't take on anything else in my personal life because I... I am investing so much into my business. You can look at your full schedule and or whatever. If, if it makes you feel overwhelmed, you can go, okay, I need to now take some things off my plate. Right. Because sometimes adding things to your plate that time can feel kind of nebulous. What really is an hour a week? I feel like I have time for that. Well, putting it down and actually blocking off that time in your calendar amongst both your business and your personal life and physically see how time-constrained most of us actually are, you'll start setting up some boundaries pretty quick. The biggest thing that a lot of us struggle with and something that we talked about at the beginning is email, text, your phone. It's a big one. We are consumed with our devices these days. Many of us basically run our businesses on our phones. We do. Right. (laughs) Whether it's the booking software or posting to social media and answering emails, we are on our phones a lot. And I'm sure you are too. So this relates to the office hours. Don't respond to inquiries outside of your office hours. That is incredibly hard. And I am not an expert at that at all. But (laughs) we can all improve in this area. Set certain times of the day where you check your phone. Turn off notifications. Turn off Facebook notifications, Instagram notifications, wherever else you are prone to waste a ton of time. Turn those off and only check those during certain times of the day where you're about to be posting on social media or you just want to engage with other people. Part of that is bringing intentionality to these apps that we find ourselves sucked into. So as you said right there, Turn the notifications back on or go into Facebook when you're going there to do something already, not just because you're bored or there's a little bit of downtime. Putting intentionality back into that so that it's not controlling you. Yeah. So I tell you this sometimes (laughs) when you are working, work. Be productive, (laughs) not destructive with your time. (laughs) So switching from task to task when you see notifications pop up wastes so much time. When I turn on the do not disturb on my phone and I just strictly focus on a task, even if it's for five minutes, I am so much more in the moment then with a Facebook notification pops up and I go to that app real quick and then I go back to what I'm doing. That is incredibly inefficient. And I I am just so much more productive when I turn on Do Not Disturb and focus, even if it's for five minutes, on that task. Yeah, switching costs are huge. And I don't think we really account for them a lot of in our day. Of But when you go from task to task to task to task to task, or as you mentioned, you're on your phone answering an email and a Facebook drops up. So you click on the Facebook and then you're answering that and then you get a text message and you go to that. And you keep switching from one thing to another. Our brains have a hard time keeping up and you have to get back in the mode and the mindset of what you were originally doing. Again, this intentionality thing and bringing some purpose back into this and focus so that we can be productive with these, with again, with these healthy boundaries that we're trying to set up. Yeah. So when you are on social media, use it productively for your business. Have a goal when you open the app. Say, I'm going to be in here for 10 minutes or whatever, or I'm going to engage on 10 people's posts. But what about boundaries that aren't tech related? Well, we alluded to it. Uh, One thing that you can do is say no to more clients and get rid of the bad ones faster. Really. Um, I know for us, we try and hang on to clients that are 
just honestly a bad fit for a really long time. And they cause so many headaches. And we've talked about why we do that. Because we feel like they're friends. We feel like we need to commit to them. We're afraid of losing them. All of those things. Saying no impacts those social boundaries that we've talked about, as well as our emotional ones. You know, who we surround ourselves with, both and our clients, both in our personal life, those those will impact our emotions throughout the day. Whether we admit it or not, we are impacted by what people are bringing into our lives. And then also be mindful of purchases that you're making for your business and make sure that as you add stuff, it's actually helpful and you're not just accumulating clutter. So we wanted to purchase some video equipment for the podcast last month. And after thinking about it for a few days, because we don't really like to make rash decisions, we like to think about our purchases. (laughs) But we realized that we didn't need every item on the list. Mm -hmm. We were kind of just buying to buy. We really only needed, I think, three of the five things. Yeah. Again, taking that time saying, okay, I'm not going to click the buy now button immediately. Because what we're doing is we, we are trying to set ourselves up again, what we will do and what we will not do for the material things in our lives too. We decided we were not willing to bring in all these extra items because we weren't even sure if they were actually needed. And then after thinking about it and doing a little bit more research, we figured out exactly what we needed and purchased the right things so that they'd be there for the right purpose for the right reasons. And then for your mental and spiritual health, set aside time each day to pray, meditate, or just have a quiet moment to feed your spirit. Protect this time. Decide what and how that moment is going to look like and the practices that you will and will not do. And then something you and I, Megan, were just talking about a few minutes before we started recording was the importance of our pricing and the role that that plays in our boundaries. We see these kind of posts all the time about, should I stick to my prices? Should I haggle? Someone said, you know, the client said they was too expensive. They want to pay you know this. It's 20% cheaper. Stick to your prices. Stop negotiating. When you negotiate on your prices, you delegitimize your business and you devalue your services, which gets back to the fact that many clients, many people don't see pet sitting, dog walking as a legitimate business in the first place. And this further perpetuates that cycle. Yeah, I haven't had much luck trying to haggle over a price at Target. Right. <laughs> it really doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> so it shouldn't work in this business either. Right. One place you will not have to haggle over price is the Texas Pet Sitters Association. Smooth transition. And why is that? Because it is free. Right. <laughs> it is in it is next month, February 19th through the 21st. It is an awesome three-day conference. It's packed with lots of speakers. Kate McQuillan from Pet Sitters Ireland is going to be giving the keynote, and we are so excited. You can go to txpetsitters.com to get registered, and you don't have to be a member of the association. You don't have to live in Texas or in the United States. It's online, and it is, again, free. So txpetsitters.com, and you can get signed up there. Well, and that actually leads right into a broader broader discussion here about the really importance of having a community and connections to other pet sitters to hold ourselves accountable for these boundaries that we are trying to set for ourselves. There are a ton of groups, virtual and local, to get connected with. We love creating SOPs and writing things down in our contracts so that we can offload that information from our brains and we don't have to worry about it anymore. We don't have to worry about remembering it. By having someone who knows the boundaries that we're trying to implement and set, that person, those people are able to remind us of those goals and remind us of those boundaries and hold us accountable. Additionally, they're, as a third party, they're also able to see situations that we come across 
without the emotions that we ourselves bring into it and we may struggle with. There may, you know, cut to the quick a little bit faster than we are. Importantly here though is that while we are keeping the the boundaries and holding those we are being consistent and we are being accountable to ourselves at we because we begin to value our time we begin to value our business we begin to value who we are and again grow this confidence grow more autonomous as human beings and see our identity more clearer and in a much better way then as we become consistent in keeping these boundaries that builds habits and and the boundaries get easier and easier to keep and maintain over time because they just become part of who we are and and where we're trying to go. Some boundaries that we are working on for this year, 2021, I would like to have a healthier relationship and a more clearly defined boundary with my phone and social media. I think it's fun. I love being on social media and creating content and posting but it also is taking time away from my family when it really should not be. So I would like to have a clear definition of what my relationship with my phone and social media should be. Don't know if you know this or not, but I am a people person. Yes, I'm I a did people know that. pleaser. <laughs> and so one of the boundaries that I am really going to be focusing on this year is my relationship with sticking to our contract and SOPs. And to stop making exceptions for clients just because I think we're friends. Again, that discussion around who's a friend, who's a client, and how to keep them separate. Because I struggle with making sure everybody likes me and making sure that my clients like me and and want me to be their pet sitter. And so I tend to do anything I can to keep them around, to keep them happy, or my perception of happy and served. Well, and of course, we want to keep our clients happy. That's, you know, we are a service-based industry. We want our clients to keep coming back. I just said that earlier. But also realizing that at the end of the day, this is a business and businesses need to operate as such. Right, which is what I struggle with because I tend to make exceptions for people who I think are my friends and (laughs) they are my clients. (laughs) So now that you know some of our boundaries, you can keep us accountable throughout the year. Please do. And we would love to know what boundaries you are working on and how will you keep them once you know what they are. Please let us know. You can give us a call at 636-364-8260 or you can find us everywhere on social media at Pet Sitter Confessional or our website, PetSitterConfessional.com. And we really do love getting voicemails from you and hearing from you that way. And if you call us and you have a comment or something like that, we'll even play it on the show. And, and discuss it there and so others can hear it as well. Pet business coach Natasha O'Banion is now going to answer the question, how do I make time for family during the busy times? I mean, this all goes back to that scale process. I remember the year that I didn't work from Thanksgiving all the way until New Year's and I felt like I made it. I could have maybe only serviced one person, but I was like, I am closed from Thanksgiving to New Year's. I made it, guys. <laughs> So it's still just putting priorities. I saw this, I don't know if anybody follows like cooking shows, but I love cooking shows. And um, Chef Ramsey was on, you know, fixing people's businesses and, you know, yelling in their faces, doing all the stuff that he does. And he says, you know, there's all these relationships in business, you know, husband and wives doing it all together. And I say, your family comes first. Family comes first. You do not want to mix and mingle 
your obligations with your family and to your business. So if holidays are important to you, make sure that comes first. Good thing for us, holidays is kind of like an everyday thing. We don't really care about what day of the year it said we should be doing something. So it just depends on your family dynamic. But we have like family set days that we do not break. Okay, so that could be a Thursday. That could be Christmas. That could be Thanksgiving. If you say, no, guys, I'm going to be home for Thanksgiving. I'm going to be with you for Christmas. I'm not going to be running around town and doing sit. You need to put in your business where someone else can do those sits if you want to keep that service irrelevant. It should not be you that's doing it. And then you can even make a good life for your team. And when I did holidays with my team, not the same person did every holiday. They knew that, okay, I did Thanksgiving. So then these guys were doing the Christmas shift. I always had shifts with everybody. So like it would be shift A, the first 10 people would all do Thanksgiving. And then those people would be off for Christmas, but they knew they were coming on for, you know, vice versa. So it's like, you have to put systems in place where everybody wins. Because if you're running a business, you want to make sure, like I never asked my team to do anything that I personally wouldn't do. You know, if I wouldn't do it, I'm not going to ask them to do it. So if family time is important to you, if Christmas and holidays are important to you, make sure you start now to put things in your system. So next year, you know, if you say, hey, I I wish I wasn't running around this much for Christmas. I wish I wasn't running around this much, you know, going into the new year. Okay, well, what can we do for the next 12 months or 11 months to get you out of the rat race for next year? And that's going to be us learning. Yeah. And if you keep saying my family is important, I need to spend time with them, but you never do because you're so busy, really looking at these priorities and going seriously, what processes, what do I need to get in place today or for next time? So that I can really say when I say family is my number one and most important thing, it really is. And I'm able to do that. Absolutely. And then like, again, everybody has a different family dynamic and a different structure. You know, I have friends who will celebrate holidays like two weeks before the actual holiday because they know that Christmas is going to be the busy dog season or the cat season. So say, you know, what? our Christmas is going to be December the 1st, you know, put some creative things into your family life structure. It doesn't have to be the way that we all say it has to go this, 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 this. It just has to feel good to you. So put creative things into your life, into your business that makes sense. Natasha runs her own dog walking business, but she also is a pet business coach. If you would like her to be your personal pet business coach, you can go to her website, startscalesale.com and use the code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching. Coming up on Wednesday, we have Michaela Vargas coming on from Pet Marketing Unleashed to talk all about websites, website design, and how to make sure it's working for you and your business and not against you. We would also like to thank Texas Pet Sitters Association and Pet Sitters Associates for sponsoring this episode. Most of all, though, we want to thank you for listening. We so appreciate it every week. And if you've made it this far into the episode, we are so grateful for you. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.